Welcome to another Bikini Coach podcast. I am Samantha, PCA Pro, and one of the coaches here at the Bikini Coach. Today's guest is our number one diva himself, posing coach and WFPB, WBFF Pro, Andrea Poloni. Hey guys, how are you doing? Um, how are you, Andrea? I know that you're prepping at the moment. How are you feeling? I feel good, let's say, confident but not confident. A little bit of prep brain comes into play, highs and lows, but we all need to transfer through the transfer coaches and everything is going to be all right. It's, if you don't feel like this, like it's not a prep done properly, isn't it? I think when you know it's when you're so passionate about getting it right and I think sometimes it's a good sign that you're you're con- constantly reflecting and reviewing kind of where you're at and whether you can do more whether you you know where you're at what stage you're at and whether you're close enough uh in terms of condition to show date so yeah it's a yes. good sign I'd say I'm also perfectionist so when things don't go and I'm a scorpion so when things don't really go my way and I'm like damn it I yeah. won't finish that, but it's all about the journeys as well. <laughs> and exactly what you said, you've got to put your trust in your coach, give them the reins and um, trust that they know what they're doing. And uh, they're, they're, you know, they're passionate about bringing your very best as well. I think as a coach myself, I know how passionate I am about my clients, their wins and my wins. So I think you've just got to give them the reins and trust trust the process. <laughs> also because, you know, if we win as athletes, as a, as a client, it's good, it's benefits their career, the oh. name and reputation. So I know my teacher would never want me to look, you know, dreadful on stage. So I ever could look dreadful on stage, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> You're too kind. <laughs> okay, so should we jump in? Let's go. Let's go. So, Andrea, alongside being a WF, sorry, WBFF pro athlete, uh, you're also a very popular and well-regarded posing coach. Um, but what is unique about you is that you teach all federations, and that's including um, fitness model and diva style posing. That's correct, isn't it? Yeah, correct. Yeah. Which is basically included and in basically associated to all different fitness modeling shows, that's you know, at WBFF, Pure Elite, Miami Pro and so are there so many like other federations in the UK, for example. And it's a kind of unique, it really kind of like distinguished itself from any other style of posing, because it's not mandatory, since it's freestyle. So it's more of a, like a custom-made routine according to the silhouette, and it does kind of amplify the strength of the client and how the flows. So it's not mandatory, not, not even the quarters are mandatory. It's all about to really level up the physique of the athletes. That's very interesting. Okay, so before we get into too many of the specifics of posing, let's hear a little bit more about you. We want to learn about you. Um, can you tell us a bit about your background and how you came to become um, a posing coach? So I was a professional dancer before in my life for 14 years. And then when I stopped dancing, a little bit kind of like a rough part of my life because I felt a little bit lost. And then for I discovered fitness and bodybuilding. I actually got into posing and bodybuilding thanks to my best friend, Bikini Mama, that you know very closely. Fabulous. My sponsor, Bikini Mama. And, um, my cat has been like an angel, a guardian angel in all these years. And I started competing. She got me into competing since 2018. And she judged me on my very first show. And then she's so potential me to so supportive. So I really think it's doing best and creating a unique niche about you stop posing with girls. Yes, and yes. then it's like, you know, the way you see on social media, it's like, I made it happen. I created a niche out of the business yes. and trying to be an inspiration to try really level up and empowering women, you know, to really reach out the inner diva when they come in studio with me or they work with me. 
Absolutely. I think you really do, um, you know, bring that to your brand as well. I think, um, you know, the style, the sass, the flow, it's just so unique to you and to your brand. And I know I've been to some of your posing classes, your group classes, um, and you see the confidence sort of evolve in these athletes as, you know, when they come to your um, posing session and they leave, you know, they come out feeling sassy, they come out feeling sexy, empowered is the word. And I definitely think that draws, you know, you need to draw that out of your athletes. It's that empowerment. It's just like, I was trying to, you know, wanted to shake things up in the bodybuilding industry. Like, you know, it's difficult to see a male um, coach teaching women. And I was trying to, you know, bring something different every single time I created a team. I'm really passionate about it. And also, I'm very empathetic. I'm very spiritual. I'm always trying to go with the personality and, you know, the feeling and the vibe with my client and trying to really make sure she can deliver and portray herself through every single pose and routine. That's why I'm, my routine are very thorough and thought out when I create it. The whole dancer and creator in me kind of rises to the surface. And I was like, Trying to, trying to make them look comfortable, confident stage. And, you know, I, I can be a funny coach, but I can be also a trick coach when I need to get results. But because I want all my clients to be successful, and at least I can slip a nine saying, okay, she's going to be comfortable on stage, and she knows what she's doing, and she's well prepared. Yeah, and that goes back to what we were saying before with regards to, you know, my my client's success is my success and the same applies to you as a posing coach their success is your success it's about bringing out their confidence I think if you can display confidence on stage um you know it flows so much better you can see those that are uh, you know that have practiced their posing uh, early on and they're very confident about hitting those poses hitting those silhouettes um and that really does sort of display very very well on stage you know, it's all about practice always makes perfect. And we all have a different learning curve. Like some people get to love that. So showcase a movement and they get it right straight away. Some people takes longer. There's no right or wrong when you are learning the craft. Because yeah. it doesn't happen natural. It doesn't come out natural to most people in the whole wide world. Unless they have a stage background or a dance background or a gymnastic background. But still, also it's not dancing. It's a completely opposite to it. It gives a little bit more of an advantage compared to a stay-at-home mom that never danced before, never put a pair of heels on. But for me, for example, because it's such a unique, a uniqueness, like kind of our form, it's not like training and dieting. It's words on paper. You follow it, your coach delivers to you, you just follow it. Posing has to be prioritized much as diet and training because it doesn't happen overnight. Absolutely. Consistency throughout your program. The earlier, the better. I think that's a common misconception and I think a frustration that you see in a lot of athletes when they don't, they're not able, you know, at the very start to be able to hit those poses and say, you know, this is so hard. Posing is probably one of the hardest parts of, of bodybuilding. And in some ways, it, you know, it really is. But I think it's, it's understanding that, that you don't learn it overnight. You're not expected to go from having come from no dance background, no gymnastics background and step on stage the very next day, which is why we stress pose as early as you can, um, because even now like at the um for as long as I've competed and as close as I am to my show I'm still making refinements to my posing I'm still making tweaks and changes because your physique changes throughout the process um and certain certain movements and poses that you're able to hit uh when you're closer to show date you're not able to hit in your off season so like when I when I prepare routine in off season which was my coach always did 
for me to work that would be a fair and this is my pro debut in six weeks time and we created a team in off season it's always very uncomfortable to see yourself because you can't foresee how the poses are actually going to hit on your body Absolutely. And that's why it kind of get a little bit like demotivated. That's why people stop practicing because they don't like what they see in the mirror, which is normal. It's called preparing. We always get preparing before actually prepping. You know, oh, this kind right. of tour <laughs> that comes around to the surface and trying to mess up with our brain and with our visuals, basically, like a bit of body dysphoria. They're all bodybuilders. Also, they're trying to avoid the conversation. We all suffer from it. It's part of the game. It's a mind factory. It's a mind game. And finally, we all have to go through both in off-season and both in in-season when we're prepping. Okay. So, like, for me, like, I always recommend to people to start your posting at least prior six months to your show day. A list. Also, if enough season has to be. And also, if people, sometimes they come with me to me, but they never wore a pair of heels before. Never. So, for me, when you're prepping for a show, the seals have to become even all your best friends and your worst enemy has to be related to me at least. I'm not asking the whole day. I'm not asking 24 hours. But at least I want my clients every single time they come into the in the next session, next session follow-up, it needs to be prepared. So like this, I don't have to go back to square one. I can continue leveling up the routine, tricking, because closer to show day has to be like that. Has yeah. to be as soon as I say, okay, routine, I shouldn't even have to do any tricks anymore. It's like learning to drive, isn't it? You almost don't even yeah. think about the movements that you're performing. They just kind of happen with my muscle memory um, and connection. There's something else I, I, I took from one of your um, posing classes previously was actually practice without socks on. You need to practice as, as you would be when you were on stage. You don't want to be practicing the whole time with socks on. And then uh, come show day, you've got those socks and it feels very different. Is that right? Yeah. Also because some like these are small bad habits that if people overlook over the course of the time, then it might affect you closer to show day. Like the same when people said to me, for me, expression, mostly in the, in the fitness show, that for us, the whole overall package, we're going to talk into that later. But people say, oh, I'm going to practice my spine later. It will come later. No, you need to have this kind of like a breast and like kind of like being in that environment, already kind of this optical illusion that you are on stage where you're in the studio. Because we need to practice everything and put all the boxes that has to be ticked also in studio, which is a one through, because then it's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I tend to take on an alter ego. So I actually have, I listen to, um, you know, the same song throughout my posing and I take on an alter ego and it almost becomes a performance. Um, would you say that's a good piece of advice to give to, to your clients? I, we all have for like, most of, that's why I love working with women, because it's easier than guys. Yeah. It's always easy to find a sassy woman or kind of scoop out the inner diva within themselves. Yeah. Always easy. And a guy. Guy, it's a bit difficult to find a sassy guy that can bring like the alter ego on stage. Yeah. That's why most guys are going to bodybuilding show because it's very kind of structure rather than double BFM. It's more very flamboyant with the pose a little bit more free. Right. And then. Um, I always say to people, when you're practicing, try to look yourself in the mirror and see what you like about yourself and make it work. And just really like kind of like be confident with what you see in the mirror and like practice, put your song, the favorite song on, whatever playlist you want to, 
if it makes it better also practice on the gym floor because you'll have eventually to be looked by other people yeah and uh, it will come slowly so of course it's something that someone is very introvert and might be coming really difficult but eventually it will rise to the surface it Absolutely. might take longer but that's why we need to start posing practice very early stages so do you recommend posing in the mirror or away from the mirror or both so in the beginning, I always stay in the mirror. So also in the shadow, we always back to the mirror. It's closer to shadow, we start removing the mirror. Or at least if they want to start practicing from reading, what I usually do for myself, I put my phone down at the bottom of the wall and try not to look at myself. But still, I'm recording myself to kind of inevitably detect what I have to trick. Yeah, yeah. That's good advice. That's good advice. So, um, Moving on, so we, you know, we, we more to, more to do with the specifics of the different federations and how posing is different throughout those federations. As I said before, you, you teach all of those, you know, every federation. Um, could you talk to us a little bit about the differences and, um, you know, what what you need to do and how you need to practice for those? So, like for example, if we want to do, for example, your PCA, your federation, and IFB, um, as being a bodybuilding show, the different look of bikini compared to finisher, we is a more like statistically like it's more lean and by more trading compared to a fitness model look. Yes, yeah, that's correct. Our bodybuilding show is like the dieting is also a little bit harder because we want to see more striation, we want to see more shoulder cut. So it's a bit more of an linear look compared to the fitness show because it's more of a softer bikini look. Yeah. And also federation to federation, depending on the target is, for example, in PTA, you know, the pose, the bodybuilding mandatory pose in switch your case, a pro back, a lap flare. When, for example, in MPC, I would be a pro league. We don't want to see any definition on the back. That's why we don't even uncover the back. We don't want to showcase mostly the remnants on the glutes. And what specific we want to see is the glutes hamstring tie-in yes, in yeah. the back post. So there's no back, back, back spread like in PCA or NABA or any other federation. And it's a specific kind of posing. And most of all, what we want to see also in PCA and other federation, or even in federation, is a nice, beautiful top line. Yes, beautiful yes. shoulder cap, timing section, like a kind of reverse triangle shape. So beautiful yes. broad on the top and timing section and broad on the lower half to create a beautiful X-ray. And that's the same for diva style posing as well, is that correct? Posing is also want to see the kind of triangle shape, like nice brown shoulder, but it's not kind of like harsh look, like in a bodybuilding show, it's not really stripped to the bones. Like we want to see more of a kind of like catalog, marketable, like on magazine look, like kind of like, I'm not, I don't want to say healthy because it's not about healthy or not, more like something relaxed looking stuff that you might see on a bitch. Right, when okay. it comes to bikini. So true bikini style. True bikini. Yeah. yeah. So for us, it's a fully glitz, fully hamstring, so there's no striation separation, and there's no abs on site. Unless someone is gifted, naturally, but we don't want to see abs on site when it comes to WBFF when it really shows. Like, then if we're going to go into fitness, Diva, then, of course, we want to see cross-separation, hamstring separation. It's more of a strip-lip. Strip-lip. Nice. Sorry. Carry on. sorry, sorry. I was going to say there really is a look for anybody that wants to that wants to sort of delve into bikini, um, sort of not just posing but you know, competing. So there's a start, there's a look there for, for everybody, and that doesn't have to be as hard as bodybuilding. It can be a softer, more natural sort of beach style um, look. 
Yeah, and also the fact is like every single time when I do a workshop, I always give this little tech talk. Like I always recommend to everyone who decides to get into a competing show, don't choose a federation or a show just because your friends are doing it. Yes, yeah. Because it doesn't mean what is right for you, it's right for me. We always need to be honest with ourselves and realistic. Look at yourself in mirror and say, okay, can I win this show or can I at least place top three or top six and get my pro card? Yeah. Not because we want to do the experience, because it's not, let's be honest, it's not about the experience of making friends. If you want to make friends, go to the local hub. <laughs> You're going through a hardcore process for months or year, which can sound harsh from the outside community of bodybuilding. You don't want to just do it spending money for the experience. You want to spend money and invest into yourself because it's quite an expensive hobby okay. and a lifestyle. Yeah. And spending doesn't just necessarily just need to be financial spending. You know, there's a lot of commitment and yeah, there's a lot that you have to sacrifice um, during a both throughout a prep and throughout your, even your off season as well. So it's, there's a lot that you invest into um, competing. So that's really good advice. Go there and go with the mindset of doing the, the, you know, the best that you possibly can It is a competition at the end of the day. Like the fact is like we all compete in different ways and that's why I love bodybuilding because we all compete in different ways but it brings us all together for the love of something in common. It does like, and you know, of course, you know, who has that kind of champion mindset who does it and he doesn't want to do it for fun, which again, there's no right or wrong, yes. right? But the champion mindset, you know, it's going to do really well on the long run. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And so one for fun, it will always kind of remain that's fun yeah I mean it's not to say that you can't enjoy the process and a lot of people obviously do like to just sort of challenge themselves you could be in competition with yourself you know it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to compete against the lineup but it's, it's better for you to choose a federation that suits your physique and suits your um you know what you want the outcome to be is basically what we're saying here isn't it? Yeah, like for example like um if someone gets the pro car like, for example, for me, every single time I wore my profile, like the purity and the WFF afterwards, for me, I wanted to do something with it. Yes. And yes. stay with it. Like, yeah. you did the same. You know, you kept competing. You opened up your own business. You went into coaching and stuff like that. So you kind of used to your advantage that pro status, you know, give you a little bit of extra credit. When sometimes people get the extra credit and boom, that's it. Done. Yeah, it should be it should be more than that. I always I always sort of recommend to my clients as well. Think about what you want beyond beyond your achievements. You know, where where do you want to go with it? Um, and I think it's really important to plan ahead because inevitably you you do you can not say you do you can tend to get a little bit of a slump after show day. The same as after your wedding day. So it's nice just to have goals beyond that and um, sort of know kind of you know what's beyond that journey or what's beyond that process. It doesn't have to stop at one show because I do believe it's in a beautiful addiction. Like yeah. the high that you get from stage. For me, when I start competing, it filled the void from dancing that I lost years ago. It kind of gave me another purpose, a second chance as a life, you know? And that's why I always want this. I always like, since I was a little boy, like I knew dancing was going to become a career. And since I got into bodybuilding, I know I wanted to create something beautiful with it. You know, just like, of course, dancing helped me the transition because I didn't want to waste 14 years of my life down the tournament. I wanted to merge the two, combine together, and then kind of level up and bring something different and shape, you know, the industry with something different that you haven't seen before. Yeah. And, you know, touching both, like, I don't want to sound talking here, but thankfully, what I brought to the industry, it kind of went 
more wine shortly, which I'm really, I feel very humble. I have clients in Australia. I've got clients in the States. I've got clients in France and Italy. And, you know, I'm starting helping the WBFF in Italy. I'll be going in October, helping out, you know, bringing the WBFF in Italy as well, in my own country. So in my small only, you know, I only started a few years ago, but, you know, I always believe, like, people will recognise your, give you recognition for how much love you put into your job. I think we're all drawn to your energy and your passion, Andrea. We truly are. Um, so you're very well known for your WBFF. I, did, I said that without getting tongue-tied. and <laughs> <laughs> fitness style posing. Can you tell me a little bit more about what's expected in terms of stage presentation? Because it's a very, it's a very much about the production, isn't it? So, like for example, talking about of course my federation, like what we are looking for in the next pro athletes is the overall package for us. We can never, we we will never, we will we never be tired to say invest into your posing in your same presentation because we judge it from head to toe. So for some some criteria, we got we are very kind of strict when it comes to bikini and shoes. Like for example, like some we don't allow clear shoes. Okay, that's... we don't allow clear shoes. Like the shoes has to match the same bikini color. All right, that's interesting. Because it's a look that we're going for. Because we think like if the bikini is nice and beautiful, like all colored and um, intricate with flowers and shrubs and all that, and then does the clear plain shirt, it kind of breaks the whole intention, the whole vibe of the outfit. Yes. Also, it's we always say it's the more the better. Right, because but also we really nagging when it comes like it has to be detailed, like has to be the right color for your skin tone, the hair needs to be in a certain way, the makeup, like the tan, if it's not perfect, you can get marked down for the tan. Okay. Yeah. Right. And also if there's too much covering. So it's all about like the whole of your package. And so so many people that have beautiful, amazing body, but they're posing. And if their presentation is completely numb and bland, then of course they affect the placing. Absolutely, it does. It completely does. And I think, as I said before, it's about how you know it's about how you display that confidence on stage as a package. And we talk about this package quite often, don't we? Um, so, for somebody who who's not um, you know comes to you that really isn't confident, how would you draw that out of them? How would you bring out that diva within them? So. Um, to make them feel sexy and confident, like as I said, I really um, involve my clients so much in the creative process. I will never give a routine, an over-the-top routine to someone that is very interested and I can see it's difficult to get the kind of feminine out of their like, kind of sex appeal. Yeah. So I will always like consult with them what they're comfortable to do. In order for them not to be uncomfortable on stage because I'm forcing my creation onto them. Of course, at the end of the day, it's my creation. Yeah. But I will always make sure that they're part of the creative process in order to reassure them that it's going to be all right through them. Of course, it's going to be my last input, but then I always go through different paces with them. And I say, I would never allow my client to say, oh, I can't do this. We practice, and if then doesn't work out, then of course, I'm going to trick her and work my way around the other person to make them feel comfortable. So th- for me, the no attitude, it doesn't appeal to me. Yeah. Also with my petite client, the same, when they said to me, oh, I can't do it. You know, we practice. It's like when you try vegetables, like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> right. 
you didn't like it if you never tried you've never tried before. So for me, nice. <laughs> yeah, the more yeah, my nice, you never know. The more we practically the same, and also make a kind of like Frank, I'm always like um how do you say, like portray myself in different circumstances with different clients, so I know how to deal with each one of them. Yeah. Right. So to really have them to open up to me. Yeah, I think you're very personable as a, as a you know by character. I think you uh, you've got this warmth. I think as I said before, we're sort of drawn to your energy, and I think that kind of creates a um, a good relationship from the offset. Like for me, if you create a great environment, a working environment, a great connection with my clients, it's like they will always come back to you. Yeah, yeah. They will. I have loyal clients that have been working with me for different. Um, over different shows and I know they will never leave because I know how to treat them through them right yeah. and I said I can be strict because sometimes when prep break comes into play it's a clutch yeah. and sometimes I have to smash the heart to put the input in and turn back in yeah. that's the only way sometimes so sometimes I have to shout but I'm not shouting to be against them it's I'm emphasizing what I'm trying to do here because I need to get results and prep yeah so they understand it. But they like sometimes I hear unfortunately, I don't want to I never slug gonna slug any other coaches um protocol. But being mean to your client, that's a no-no. It creates a barrier straight away, doesn't it? Do you think it's worthwhile? Um, I get this a question from a few of my clients actually, um, having multiple posing coaches or just sticking with the one and finding one that you find you you feel comfortable with. Look, I don't mind if my clients want to have a different input because we all have a different kind of like process and different style, which is all fine. It can be like a little bit of a couple of interest, not because like I'm losing business or anything. It's because like, it's like having two coaches. Now you have too many information in your head. Like for example, I can say to your client, Oh, by the way, I think this is might be more right for you, like up your calories or whatever. And then your product is like, no, we have to treat the calories. Like the same situation I am right now, my colleague has also been following my journey. He's the one saying to me, no, you should probably try the calories when my coach is selling me up your calories. And I'm like conflicted at the moment. I'm like, you know what? It's always best to kind of have listened to one person yeah. that has got your best interest at the end of the day. And just follow their words because otherwise, when you get, uh, you will feel very vulnerable at the moment. I feel very vulnerable that everything turns to negative. Yeah. And it was so stressing that the cortisol level goes up, stress level goes up, and nothing, you're going to see all completely dark. So it's always best, like, if you want to experience, in off season, it's fine to, you know, kind of like spread your wings and just go around and like get in different intel and inputs from other people. But I guess closer to share, they always believe like stick to one person. Yeah, so it's good to sort of try out a few coaches, posing coaches. It's similar to having your, you know, your prep coach. You wouldn't jump from coach to coach. You know, stick with the one that knows you, knows your style, knows what you want to achieve. Maybe try out a few coaches in your um, off-season, like you say, and then find the one that, that you feel comfortable with and brings the best out of you. I mean, I cannot please everyone. I know my style might not be liked by many people, might like by so many people, but... I mean, like, you have to do at the end of the day what is right for you. Yeah, absolutely. If my clients one day said to me, look, you know, I don't think this is working for me anymore. Like, the way of coaching, it doesn't do much to me. I'm like, you know what? Shake hands, we chicken log. I can probably recommend it to some other coaches if you need some names and stuff like that. 
there was never going to be any, of course, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be sad because my client left me, but I'm never going to be that kind of like bitchy and catsy, oh, no, you shouldn't do that because it's it, which people have done to me before. I let my work do the talking. I don't have to slack other people on social media because I feel threatened. If people feel threatened by me, I'll be it. I feel, I take it as a compliment at the end of the day, by there should be a community. What is the sense of community here where we have to slug each other's off in order to make our business successful? There's no need. Yeah, no, avoid the politics. Just be you and, and everyone's drawn to you that wants to. You know, to you. Also because, you know what, what goes around comes around. Yeah, it's true. It's very true. So in terms of um, sort of the confidence that you build in your clients when you've, when you've worked with them for a period of time, um, how can you draw somebody out of that sort of stage fright so you're talking we're talking sort of immediately when you're going onto stage and I, I've had it before where my mind just goes blank how do you avoid that stage fright like if you're gonna be prepared it needs to be as I was saying before like practice makes perfect in order to I mean it's not it's good to have a little bit of stage fright because I always find that balance about being confident but at the same time having some insecurity because if you're too cocky and confident it gonna get it because if you are too perfect it might look robotic on stage but it's okay you want to kind of balance between like being confident and living like having some safe terror right because at least you know in both circumstances how to kind of recover if you get wrong but you practice so you feel confident again you know how to recover if something goes wrong yeah, yeah, and if yeah. you're too intimidated, then it's going to be all shaky and wobbly. So you want to find a kind of fine balance between a canon of emotions, confidence, and safe pride at the same time and putting it all together, and it's going to blend. I guess that comes with practice as well, doesn't it? As I say, like, so when you're preparing for an exam or a test, like if you know that you've been studying, you know it's going to go well. Yeah. So in terms of practice, um, I find something that um, many of my clients or many of many sort of athletes struggle with is, is confidence in walking. Is there any advice that you can give in terms of how to improve your walk? So a lot of people, like when people walk, and you know, like for me, people that try to copy every single time when you see a video. It's good to have like a reference other videos, like, you know, always like send my clients to go and check the Olympian walk. Or the Olympians, because that's the standard walk that we all use in every single walk. And then I walk on a tea walk. And what people like thinks every single time, they have to go overboard with the walk. Yeah. Like overdo it. Like there's no need to overdo it because then it's going to look completely off balance, off center. It's just one thing in front of the other, walking on a straight line and twisting your hips from corner to corner and sway your hands, really creating a kind of like vibrating oscillation through the body. Like, as I said, the same, like I had a client in Australia and then I, I want to give this kind of reference. Like you have to do again, because using a pure like kind of like example that you've got to do what you have to do in order to improve. She start walking every time on a cardio machine on high heels oh. to improve so she was doing her 45 minutes an hour cardio on a massive platform for WBFF every yeah. single time. So in one session online, I was like, oh, you know, you're waking up as you walk. And then we haven't seen each other for a month. And then we went into another online session. And I was like, what, what happened here? She nailed it. I was like, well, you know, I've been walking for a month 
every single day on a high platform on a cardio kit. Health and sexy so, <laughs> You know what? If that's some, I mean, if that's going to help you, you have to do whatever is helpful to you. Yeah, like, go on the mirror, go on the mirror. And that's, for me, the, the work is the most important thing is compared to a routine because that's how you, you enter on stage. That's the first me, they're going to have, isn't it? Mm. You're a judge, of course. If I ever going to be on a judge's panel, hopefully one day, for me, I need to be captivated by the person coming at the back of the stage as soon as they enter on stage. I need to, my eyes should be glued to that person. So for me, when you come on stage, remember, you have to deliver 100%, be in the centre, deliver 100%, and also when you leave, and you know, you know your turn anymore on stage, you still have to deliver 100%. Yeah. The whole time you're on stage. Also, if it's not, like, for example... Like when you're standing on a corner on the back of the stage and no one is looking at you anymore. For me, also that you have to be present. I agree. <clears throat> because if there is someone boring on stage and the judges are like, okay, what can I look at? The eyes needs to be pointing at you. Yes. Because you that might change. Yeah, because that might change your your the judge's perspective about you. Why? Right? Because something might go wrong in your routine on the quarter turn. But then in the CEO, you know what? That girl actually, you know, I want to give her like a second chance there, girl. Yeah. And not just that, but that might not be the only time that you um, sort of encounter those judges. It might be that the next time, the next show that you do, you might face the same panel. So again, it's like, it's about sort of maintaining that impression, isn't it? And being impactful. And also remember, we need to take on board the judges' feedback. Because as you were saying, clearly the out, you might see the same judge the second time. So you want to impress that judge, saying, you know what, you told me to, these are the feedbacks you me. Do you think I took them on board and I've delivered this time? Absolutely. And then they will remember for you. And also, remember, for me, the placing sometimes is not the most important thing. It's who they're going to remember. It's true. It's really Because you also cannot place, but sometimes some judges can come out to you and like, you know, for me, you were stellar, you were brilliant on stage. Yeah, yeah. So take on board the judges' feedback, and I think, like you yeah. say, just deliver that the next time that you face that panel. Um, it's the best advice. So um, I know that with your group group classes, you do the walk in as well as the pose, and that is part of the structure of your group classes. Do you think there's a benefit to attending group classes as well as one to ones? Um, for me, group classes, apart from creating a sense of community. Yeah. You know, people like learning from each other's journey, but also to get the whole experience, how we'd be on stage with other people. Like space awareness, you know, like the whole dynamic of the quarter turns and the competitors around. But also the fact that like, there's like, I teach different styles in every single worship. So I kind of help them, guide them, you know, to choose more and see themselves fit. In yeah. the Kenya, wellness or diva style of posing. Some people they come up with like being a PCA girl and all of a sudden they're like, oh shit, I did diva posing. I fell in love with it. You know, you might say, you know what, probably PCA wasn't for me anymore. I want to go to that be fair. Or like, oh, you know, the diva style is not really for me. I think I should go back to PCA. It's a good, yeah, good, a good opportunity to try out the different federation and the different types of posing for those federations. Um, but no, I agree. I've, I've really enjoyed all of your group classes. They've got such a great energy and uh, dynamic. So I definitely think there's, um, again, it's another opportunity to embrace that community as well, isn't it? And share your experience with others because quite often what you're feeling, a lot of others are feeling um, the same and we're all going through the same process. So 
it's good to have that. something else I took from one of your classes actually something that I've not heard mentioned before is actually breathing and I think that probably comes from your background in dance can you offer any tips um as to how to sort of maintain your your core and your breathing throughout um the time that you're on stage because like the breathing system it's not just like because we're trying to keep them in section in the smallest part of our body yeah. and it becomes very kind of like Attractive and obstructive, feeling like you're on the water, you're in apnea and not able to breathe. So that's why when you breathe through, you know, with harmonic system and bringing the breath all the way at the top of the lungs, and at the same time trying to smile to the teeth in order to release the breath, to keep, try, keep trying to keep the breathing system going. But also without oxygen, the muscle won't work. So you want to send the breath into the abdominal because we're not just trying to bark in the stomach to sink the waistline, but also squeeze into the abdomen to make it tight. Yes, yeah. And it's a whole kind of process. It's like, it's essentially the same, if you ever danced before, it's the same as a dance uh, breathing system. It's a completely exactly the same. So like, Inhale to the nose as that out through the mouth and through the tip because we always want to engage the core when we do a turn or a jump, we're really lifting up from the core. Yeah. yeah. That's something that I promote is posing stamina. Um, just practicing yeah. holding those vacuums, holding those poses for a duration of time throughout your time on stage and throughout each mandatory pose as well. So also and because some of, some of the vacuums are very like for example in the bodybuilding show it's, it's a little more accurate a little more like you know implemented compared to other vacuum for fitness shows is a bit different it's not that kind of like starch really sucking the belly completely in for us it's more kind of like sucking it in but also tensing more into the abdomen so it's a completely different volume some similar system but it's not that kind of like harsh and that intricate as in a bodybuilding show yeah, so it's less so in, in the WBFF, is that correct? Yeah, in the finish shows, it's less, I was going to say, like, less caved in, let's yes. say. Andrea, you've been amazing. It's been such a pleasure having you uh, onto the podcast. Um, I'll definitely be at one of your posing events very soon. Um, did you want to share your social media platforms with our listeners, listeners and mention any of your sponsors? Yeah, so please, like, I can always recommend, like, um, Bikini Mama for all your bikini mates, of course. And you, she's your sponsor. Um, yep. She's my best friend. I would never recommend that. And her, I would recommend Renata Massacetti for any swimwear for WFF or any finish shows and also for bikini and custom made dress for registration eye and a wedding gown and also bath bomb shell for any style of heels. Lovely. Thank you. And so my social media handle is Andrea.Colone underscore WFF Pro thank you thank you so much for coming on to the show and uh, thank, thank, you everybody. thank you for listening and as always um, if you'd like any more information about our coaching services then head over to our the bikini coach page uh, we're on all major social media platforms and fill in the inquiry form in our bio Andrea it's been a pleasure I'll speak to you very soon my love, one, my love. see you soon bye bye guys see you bye.